With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, this is Dad. Don't forget, Father Knows Something. Come on over and press the button, subscribe. And look at that smile. <laughs> One of my three sons. You are live. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Father Knows Something. Now, I don't know why I need to wear these readers, but I want everyone to know that my blue glasses are getting new lenses. So these are going to come off, and I'm going to act blind. Okay. Very cool. Uh, we have Dad's Fix-It Shop. We do, yeah. Now, back in action. Yeah, and one thing about Dad's Fix-It Shop, which is kind of what this show is, True. is that it has to be a safe place for people to come. One of the things that we do here is give them a safe place to come talk and I will not yell at them, not scream at them and, you know, not be the typical guy that I really am where I go off the charts and go, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've heard me. I'm, sometimes I'll think about, you know, that I'll process stuff that way and go, ah, and I'll go, I'll lose my shit. Well, last week, apparently last episode, I lost my shit about the dogs and people commented. They were actually, you know, they they liked it. Okay, and there we go. And Morgan said, you know, Dad, you got to be more like you. And if you lose your shit with some of this, you can do it. It's all right. And I said, but I always want people to feel safe when they come here. It's yeah. not about me admonishing them or beating them up or saying, what the fuck is the matter with you? But apparently, um, Morgan picked out a couple of stories that's coming up. I don't know if it's today or not, but she said... I know you don't know the stories before you get them, but you know, don't be afraid to be yourself and do some of this. And I said, but I want them to feel safe. So I don't want anyone not to feel they can be safe with me. I mean, I try to really take in consideration when it's something that's really sensitive to you. I try not to, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad. We want to, we want to encourage our, our, our loved ones to open up and be open with us. Yeah. However, apparently there is a, a few trick ones in this one. We're coming up. I guess I won't hurt anyone's feelings, but I, I don't know what they are, but I, I'm told that you will recognize it when it hits you. So let's see what happens. So on that note, guys, we're going to let Justin join is back with us. Yes. Holly is not here because she's at her mom's. Yep. Apparently I threatened her mom that when she comes back, she'll, she will now be in diapers because of the incident at the studio. Yes. And you can see I've now been banned from the studio because Morgan's <laughs> worried that I'm going to pee on the studio so far no. or something. So no. we're back at home, which is great. It's a nice calm evening. That's Sunday night before uh, we air tomorrow night. So this is a fresh episode. Start of October. Yeah, October 1. Our theme is good intentions. So with that, I do have good intentions for all of you. Oh, that's great. Yes. So let's let it rip. Okay. Let's get it going. Yes. Number 
and Dad's Fix-It Shop. Here we are. Hello, Jerry and Co. Thank you so much for all the great advice you give your listeners. It's so heartwarming to listen to. I, 20 female, have been dating my boyfriend, 20 male, for four years. We've had an awesome time together, and he has become my absolute favorite person and best friend. He's incredibly creative and funny and one of the sweetest, most loving people I know. It's just so amazing when you find a person who makes you so happy to just be yourself. My boyfriend grew up in a hippie homeschool family where he never spent a lot of time with others. He's also struggled with a number of mental health issues throughout his teen years. Nothing diagnosed, but likely depression and some form of anxiety disorder, along with a few others. Nowadays, he still doesn't go out very often and doesn't have a very big social life. As a result, his hygiene habits are really poor. He's fine with oral hygiene and hand washing, but he doesn't take care of his hair and he typically only showers one to two times a week. Occasionally more if there's a special reason, but that's rare. He'll clean up a bit more if he's going out to see friends, etc., but then it's back to the usual routine. He's claimed that it's just his habit and it's not related to mental health, but I'm not so sure. I love him dearly and want to do what I can to help him, especially if this is coming from mental health struggles. Though I hate to admit it, I also worry about what other people will think of him, and I'm sometimes embarrassed to introduce him in case they judge him. At the same time, I don't want to waste my energy worrying about something that ultimately isn't my problem to fix or ruminating over other people's opinions. I'd like to think that this won't end up being a relationship deal breaker because he truly is such a wonderful partner, but I know that small things can build up over time and I don't want resentment to grow between us because of this. Any advice is much appreciated. When you are in a relationship with somebody uh, and you're a friend and a lover and or you're in a relationship like what you have with your parents, when a, when, when a parent says, go take a bath, get cleaned up. Um, it's almost like, you know, an order, a direction, control. You're coming from at it in a way that it's way that you, that you're hoping that he'll be presented, not because of, in light of you, but for in light of himself. And also I would imagine he smells, he's an adult. I don't know if he uses deodorant. I know if I run out of deodorant and I'm walking around the house or I put on a, I'll take a shower and take a, you know, get cleaned up and I'll come back out in about four hours or three hours. Morgan will say, dad, you've heard this. Yeah. You stink. And I'll go, oh, and I thought, oh yeah, I got to go buy some more deodorant and you make, you fix it. Right. This is a, a thing about hygiene and you can say, baby, you know, I'm just your girlfriend. I love you. But, there, it, in today's world, it really would be nice if you would shower daily and hear some deodorant. And I would buy some deodorant and just put it on the counter. And I got some deodorant for you and it's there. And that way it's, it's not an issue that he has to even go out and do it. You're training him in a nice way that this is something he can do for himself. Yeah. But be careful on the boundary of being his girlfriend, his confidant, to being his mother. It's, 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 you're on an iffy thing. It's not a big deal, but you definitely need to, you can step up to the plate on this one because you obviously, look, you're going to have kids with him. If you, if you have a life with him, you're going to grow forward. These are the possibilities. And his hippie, you know, 
uh, uh, raising was maybe not with so much, uh, you know, hygiene. Mm-hmm. Hippies were different. They were different, you know, back in the seventies when I grew up, it was a different era with the hippies in the 60 movement and what they, how they lived and, and how they conducted them. Some people never got out of it. So I, I don't know if it's an extreme with this family or not, mm-hmm. but don't feel bad about saying, you know, baby, we're going to change our own ways. And this is just a, this doesn't work because I don't know if you recognize it, but you do smell. Yeah. And traditionally, you know, I bathe every night, sometimes every morning, because I know when I go to bed, if you know, I'm going to get lucky, I'm going to be clean. And whoever I'm with, my lover, we're going to be clean people. Well, and, and, and yes, that is, that's important to bring up because hygiene is incredibly important, but also it is become sort of a health issue if it goes gets to a certain mm-hmm. point and you're having intercourse. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I have a point from Morgan here at the bottom. If you're having sex with this poor hygiene, it could lead to health issues for you as it alters your pH and can cause things like bacterial vaginosis. So it, it it's bigger than just a preference. Mm-hmm. It can lead to other stuff. Um, I want to get into the ideal outcome. Sure. Uh, I'd like to find a way to help him with his hygiene and his mental health without it taking up a lot of my emotional energy and without worrying about it excessively. I'd like him to take care of himself for his own sake and consistently make an effort when spending time with my loved ones. I'd also like to feel as though we understand each other's perspectives and needs and feelings without any awkwardness or resentment. I'd like it to be something we can joke about, bring up casually, talk through, etc., which is the right approach. It's kind of mm-hmm. what you were saying. Mm-hmm. It's not, you need to do this or I'm going to break up with you. It's almost first about, hey, I want the best for you in your life. Mm-hmm. Take me out of it. I want you to be successful. I want you to have the best relationships with people and everything. And I think this would help you. Not... I need you to do this for me, which is that kind of what you were going You're, down. You are, if you are being a friend. Remember the, the one thing that you, that you uh, highlighted in this whole story is that you guys are friends, best friends, and you can talk to your best friend mm-hmm. and you can share and open up about all this stuff. And I think that that is the approach. I would not be afraid of it. I think it's a great plan. As far as his mental health, you know, Yes, you're friends and you've been together for 25% of your life, basically, almost 20% of your life. So that being said, um, you know, yeah, you're a great ear, but you're not trained to deal with some of the things that might be going on with him. And maybe he does need to be able to talk to somebody. The biggest thing that I've seen when people have to go out and find someone to, you know, to seek to help them is they see it as a sign of weakness. I and it's not weakness right. at all yep. to go get assistance and understanding what's going on with you only helps you feel better if you do it and you and you're open and you're honest about it and you don't deflect you take it and it it's a growing experience it's yeah. all healthy well i think that i think we are seeing that change slowly but surely in in society that when someone even just for mental health goes to a therapist, mm-hmm. and they're taking that initiative on their own. Mm-hmm. That is, it's starting to be seen. It's empowering, right? It if 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 you were in dating somebody and they brought that up in a conversation, mm-hmm. 
it's not looked at, you know, at least I, I hope, and this is what it should be, but it's not looked at like, oh, you must have issues because you're going to a therapist. Right. It's no, you are bettering yourself and trying to better your- Perception. Yeah, and your yeah, ways of communicating, yeah, your ways of dealing with things and the tools. So I, so I think that narrative is shifting. And then um, just going into additional info, we've talked about this before a bit and he's been somewhat receptive. He's acknowledged that he doesn't have the best habits and usually makes an effort if we're going out with friends, family of mine. Mm -hmm. However, I still feel like we don't entirely understand each other's points of view and haven't reached a place where we're both happy. Also, his parents are both quite clean people, but his siblings have similar habits. So I do think it's largely related to upbringing. You know, this, like I said, you know, are you guys, we don't know, are they still living at, at his, is he still living at home? Are they on their own? We, we don't know this. Right. So, you know, environmentally, in, in the environment that you guys get with your own residents, if you're by yourself and what he does outside of his parents' home, maybe he'll grow. This is about growth. Yeah. And let's see what he does. Yeah, Look, I'm but, glad you guys got this great relationship. Yeah. And, you know, you're the only loves you guys have known and you're, and it makes you, f you know, fulfilled and complete doing it. I say, great. Well, and the fact that the door has already been cracked open, the fact that this is already a conversation oh, between you open. two, um, it should make it a lot easier to continue that mm -hmm. and say, you know what, we've made progress. I think we keep, you know, it's easier to do that instead of that mm -hmm. first, like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. Mm -hmm. So I think you're on the right path. I do too. All right, number two. Ever. <laughs> Trigger warning, talks of miscarriage and eating disorders. Okay. My in-laws came to stay. It's been four months of hell. How can I tell my husband that I want them to leave? To the wonderful Justin, Morgan, and Jerry, the father we all need. I need your advice. You want, my, me, you want me to come over right now and move in with you guys? So that way it's not just his parents or, you know, it's it's your adopted dad as well. Yeah. yeah. You can bring your sign and say, I'll, I'm here for dad's fix <laughs> I'm here. I go, All right. The four day rule is long past. <laughs> it's obviously really fishy in that house. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's go. My in-laws have been living in our home for four months. They came with the good intention of wanting to help take care of our new baby who will be turning one this weekend. They come from another country and their English is very limited. At first, I was apprehensive about such a long stay, but my husband promised me that his parents would respect our boundaries and parenting choices. Okay. Where do I even begin? I don't know where it started. It's really all a blur now. But here are the events I remember in vivid detail and can't seem to bring myself to forgive. My in-laws respected none of our parenting rules and even endangered our son's life on several occasions. They fed him whole cherries, choking hazard, let him eat baby wipes, unbuckled his seatbelt when we were driving, bundled him up and left him in a closed room without air conditioning, and let him eat even more other hazardous items. I had to step in and perform emergency choking procedures on my son twice because of my in-laws. They don't seem to take anything seriously at all. I lose sleep constantly out of fear for my son's life when he is alone with my in-laws. The other issue is that I eat a somewhat strict diet. 
I'm a recovered food addict and I have PTSD involving certain foods due to an abusive situation at home as a child. My in-laws eat these foods one to two times a week and have a full knowledge of my disorders and restrictions. I cooked meals for my in-laws several times, but my father-in-law did not like them as they did not taste like the food from his country. He took over the kitchen and shooed me out, so I had no control over what food was available. All I could do was wait until everyone had their food and go into the kitchen to cook and then eat alone in my office. It was very lonely for me. It felt like my husband, his parents, and my son were a family unit and I was on the outside. It's been four months of attempted and failed communication. I'm so tired, my hair is falling out, and I feel like I'm going crazy. The worst hit was becoming pregnant while they were here. The stress was too much. I lost the baby within days after the strip turned pink. I was devastated and felt like I couldn't even grieve in my own house. I know miscarriages happen for all sorts of reasons, but I can't help but blame them just a little. Where was my husband in all this? He did his best to communicate with his parents and change their ways, but to limited avail. He is so slow to communicate with them that I feel he has given up. I have another month and a half to go. There's a good chance they will be back in February. What should I do? I feel like I'm drowning and I've lost count of how many times I've reached out for help. Husband, therapist, my own parents. Am I being ungrateful? They came with good intentions, I'm sure. I'm just so scared for my son's safety and my own mental health. Wow. The fact that the husband, uh, as much as he re recognized these are his parents, and he, he's got to know that, these, that, that, these, that this, these people have actually put his own son in harm's way. Where You'd is think. It? Where is his mind? And why is he ignoring this? I mean, is his culture so um, back, backed up? that he is not opening his eyes and ears to what's going on here. And I, and I get the fact that, you know, from his point of view, these are my parents and that'll, you know, you know, it's so nice of them to be here. And they come from a country that maybe there's problems in that country. Look, we don't know all the stories where they're even coming from. True. But the bottom line is, is that his marriage is on the line. His wife's health is on the line. Everything's on the line with this, with, with their relationship. So she's got to be really clear saying, honey, this isn't healthy for me and it's not healthy for my son, our son, but you're not here protecting him. I'm surprised she's lasted this long. And if you're not going to protect, if you're not going to step up to the plate and protect us from what is actually causing us danger, then I have to take my own action and I'm moving out. You'd have to. And wake him up to say, either you're with me, you're my partner in this, or you're not. And there's no, there's, there's no latitude in this thing. This is, it's a binary, this is a binary situation. So I think that you step up to the plate and really sit him down and say, you don't have a clue on how serious this is. No, because there's no mention. I, like, I wish I could know their, their conversations mm -hmm. on all of these points. Not only saving your kid from choking once, but twice. Yeah, no, they, they, these two people, times. These people, they, they, there's intervention that needs to be made. That his parents are really—they come to visit. They can go to a hotel. They can, 
But they're not staying in the house. You're not going to lose your ability of having dinner and a life with your husband because these people are literally coming in like it's almost if the locusts have invaded the house and they're taking it over. It is. This is invasive. This is, they take over. This is not healthy. But the thing is like, also husband too, the second that I'm on eating, having to go in and cook my own meals, and, eat, and it, do all that and do it by yourself. And the husband's just like, yeah, I'll be with my parents. That That is absolutely unheard of. I just, and, and all this random stuff that they do, like letting the kid eat baby wipes. And the A, they can't be left alone with the kid ever. They can't stay in your house ever. This is this really is a conversation. She's got to draw the line in the sand with him. And otherwise she's she gets to do, she gets to move out. It's or kick or or change the locks on the door on all of them, and and the thing here is sticking out. It's been four months of attempted and failed communication. This isn't a write-in saying, "How do I address them? How do I bring this up?" This is, I'm gonna lose my damn like. Well, I, I think sanity. I think when you change the locks on the door, it's for some somehow communication will open up. <laughs> I mean, I. Just, <laughs> but again, we don't know the culture that these people come from. I mean, there could be a extreme violence with that, with that action. You just don't know. I mean, there's a lot of considerations that go on here, but the bottom line is, is that even if they come from a culture where the woman cannot go change the locks on the door, she has no problem taking her baby and going, going to her parents' house and saying, you know something, or I'll go to a friend Seriously. Go anywhere and get out and say, I'm out of here. Yeah. This isn't working for me. Yeah. And, that, you, and you're not listening. It's like me interrupting you right there. I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine. No, I like it. Um, I No, I was going to interrupt you. About time. Um, obviously, we're not going to get everyone's side. I wish I could I wish I wish could sit down with the group and be like, this, Judge Judy. This is, the kind of, this is the kind of thing that group session is really made for, that you can come in, we can ask the questions, and we can know the answer, and then in real time, we can have a full picture, and then everybody else chimes in, and and you get a you you get your, your your new intermittent you know father knows family to you know chime in and say oh it'd be fun this is this is a problem I'm going to read I'm going to read the ideal outcome is there an ideal outcome there is <laughs> but before I read it is it changing I just the locks s- no <laughs> but from my perspective I almost wouldn't even care at this point my relationship with my husband's parents that. To me, they that wrote is, themselves out. That's like so far of a consideration. I'm now considering my relationship with my husband and my child. Right, but you're going in protective mode there. It's mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. I would look at these people and be like, "Do I even know you? Do I even?" You just feel so ostracized. But ideal outcome. My in-laws go home so I can stabilize again. I know my husband wants us all to live together happily but I need time to recover in order to retry setting boundaries. So far they've been ignored and entertain the idea of living with them again. I want my husband to be happy and my son to have his grandparents close by. There's boundaries. Let's, let's, let's go back to, to, to this thought. And I get all, I get her wants. And, you know, when people came from the, the old country to here, everyone thought living in a 
in it, you know, together was great. Look, my father would have loved nothing more than us to have owned the whole block and everyone that was part of our family lived on yeah. that block. And we went from house to house and we all lived together. Hey, he, my dad would have been happy living like J.R. Ewing in, in, North, in, in Dallas. But that's not reality. Reality today is you have to have your own existence with your husband and your child, your own family, and that 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 nucleus. Yeah. And it sounds like your marriage is new. Your baby's a year old. Is that what it was? That you have you you need to for health of your relationship experience life is your own is your own unit. It doesn't mean that your in-laws and your parents can't come be a part of it on the outside in. Right. But living together right now and just taking his lifestyle, why didn't you just all move in with 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 back with the parents wherever they were? This is your own existence. Yeah. And for your own health and your own growth and your own relationship, it's this is your castle. They can come visit. But, you know, we got to pull the drawbridge up and if they decide to go jump, you know, jump the moat and they fall in, they get eaten up by the alligators, oh well. Yeah. Because it's not healthy. No. You, you need to form your own life with your husband. And your husband needs to get a clue that he, I get that he wants to have this, you know, this old country thing, but it's not healthy for your own relationship. Or for and, your kid. Well, definitely for your kid. Your kid's <laughs> almost been dead twice. No joke. Well, more than twice almost, it seems. like it well, Certainly twice. Yes. I, don't, I don't know what he was sucking on with, with the diaper, with the diaper wipe. I have no idea what that one was about. But this is bullshit, and it's a no-brainer. And I can see why Morgan was like, you know, there's going to be some stuff where you're going to, you know, really, you know, lose your shit. I'm losing my shit in a different way than with the dog thing. But the the reality is, this has got to, you know, he, the, the husband's got to get a clue that this is not going to be uh, a relation that's going to be healthy. Yeah. And and you're not being forced to have to make this this thing. I mean, look, I can understand in years after having a life together, your kids grow up, they go away, and all of a sudden your 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 mom or your dad fall ill and you recognize that they're gonna need care for the rest of their life and it might be a two, three, four year commitment. Yeah. But you're gonna wanna enjoy that time with them to make sure they're okay and they're not gonna be left at a, in an old folks home drooling and not anyone helping them. I get that. I mean, I hope that one day, you know, I'll, I'll have the back garage at your house and I can go mumble around the back and, you know, play with the horses and whatever it might be. And, you know, hopefully not fall off you know, underneath a horse's hoof. Yeah. But, but right now you guys need your own time to have your existence, your own rules, your own home, your own, you yep. know, this part of growth. Yep. Not me coming in the kitchen and saying, Hey, get out of the kitchen. I'm cooking. Get out of here. Right. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, it's my house. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and by the way, you can't eat with us. I'm going to, you know, not that he's saying that, right. but, but you don't feel comfortable enough to eat with us right. because you're, you're worried about, you know, this hostility of whatever uncomfort I made you feel. Yeah. And I got your stomach up, up in knots. And you're trying to kill my kid. And plus I'm choking your kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid. This is, this is really outside the bounds of being hospitable. This is within the bounds of you saying, you know, guys, come visit us on Sunday. We'll, we, we look forward to seeing you. Yeah. And you handle it that way, but we're not living together. Right. 
and husband, I love your parents, but they're not, we're not living together. We're going to have our life, our existence. We're going to grow together with our child and we're not going to do this shit. I don't care that it saves us money. It, 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 it's no good if our kid is dead. Yeah. Well, and right. That's, that's step one is you need to be on the same page with your husband. And if that doesn't happen, then forget the rest. He's not the right guy for you. Right. You solve the problem. The problem is I don't know what they get with joint custody. And all of a sudden, you know, the baby goes to visit with him. And then you got to, you got to demand supervised visitation because of the, uh, because of the documented, I hope documented with the marbles going down the throat or the cherries going down the throat. Yeah. It gets ugly. And, and that the court says, you know, they're welcome to see him, but supervised visit, supervised visitation. Somehow, you know, their son survived, you know, their treatment. I don't know how he has, he has a huge throat that he could swallow bowling balls. But well, like how many more, you know, in to, to, things until is it, it going to take? Until Just, it fails. Yeah. It's, it's scary. Until it fails. Bad. Yeah. So there's there's my take. I I'm glad you you wrote in about it. I hope this gave you the confidence to take some action because this is really your life and it's all the way that what's acceptable for you and and your life with this one. And it wouldn't be acceptable to me. Yeah. I I think for most. So welcome to and I hope we helped. Yeah. And by the way, there's going to be a lot of comments on this one. So I recommend that you read it. 100%. Next one, this is going to be number? Three, onward and forward. Yes. That and was, upward. That one was definitely a heavy. Okay. Okay. Hi, y'all. Oh, she's a Southerner. Or they're a Southerner. Whoever it is, they're a Southerner. Texan. Maybe. Y'all. You don't know. Y'all. I'm a teacher slash coach in an affluent city in Texas. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> Y'all. Oh my God. Okay. I bet you said that at one point in your life, living down there all the time. Yeah. Y'all. You had that in your vocab. I did. Who knows? Success <laughs> is everything at this school, from academics and athletics to the arts. It's a predominantly white school. The kids live in a bubble of privilege and the opposite of adversity. Well, today, one of my players, let's call her M, came out to her team as bisexual. And to no one's surprise, her friends came to us coaches freaking out. We talked to M about how she's feeling and she said slightly relieved, but also scared. Well, guys, the thing is I'm bisexual as well, married to a straight man. So I haven't told any of my coworkers about my sexuality because it's just not something I felt comfortable sharing. So my question is, what should I do? I could tell my fellow coaches, which would let them know I'm a good resource for her and a confidant of sorts. I could just talk with M privately, hoping she doesn't tell the rest of the school about me. I know it's not something to be ashamed of, but I've known of coaches not getting the job I have for being gay, and I'm worried if anyone in admin finds out I'm bisexual, it won't end well for me. I know there's a lot of layers to unpack, but ultimately I just want to help M and make sure she knows she's not alone. Ideal outcome, I hope M is happy and confident in who she is and gets the support she needs. Additional info, I'm really nervous about telling my fellow coaches, as one said, we could 
pray the gay away in a joking manner, but it low-key felt like she wasn't kidding. Someone's sexuality is their business, period. Yes. And if you're a heterosexual or homosexual, I don't need to know, especially if I'm in a, in a situation where it affects people's mentality because I'm dealing with all this other dynamic. Yeah. My question to you is, does it matter? Is it going to make a difference to tell M that you're bisexual? My answer in my brain is no, but you can always tell M that you support her. Yeah. And that you, that, that the freedoms today, but you don't have to come out of the closet for M to make her feel better. In fact, I think it might even, it opens up other doors that might not be appropriate. Right. So right. I would keep my sexuality in my own bedroom, at least in this case, or my own community, because it sounds like that red state ain't ready for it. The home of y'all. So because of that, and your job is could be influenced by it, I just don't know if they're ready for it. And I'm not telling you to go, you know, uh, if you want to go set a a path and 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 break open more ice and be an icebreaker, hey, knock yourself out. Yeah. But if and this is really chicken shit of me by me saying if you want to keep the status quo, keep it to yourself. But but you can still support. Oh, she I, she absolutely can certainly go to M and say M, no problem with us, and go to those girls and say girls. We live in a different world in, 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 in the year 2023. And what somebody may choose or not choose, that's not us for to decide she's a great player and let's, let's stand behind her sister. Right, and you can back her up. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the encouragement that I send to her to go do. Yeah. Don't, don't make yourself the target because you're, you're going to go change a whole movement with the size of Texas. Have you ever right. driven across Texas? I did, yeah. I was in a truck and it almost blew over. It 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 never stops. That 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 state goes on forever. It's big and flat, and you're not going to change that state so quickly. Yeah, you got a lot of ground to cover with those people, right? And I think, you know, on the receiving end, because you don't want to cross the line of this professional relationship between teacher, student, coach, player. Right. You don't. You know, it might it might not hit as hard as you think it would. Honestly, what might hit Harder is the fact that you're standing there without knowing her sexual, like without her knowing your sexuality, mm -hmm. but you're standing there standing up for her. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, you know what? Everyone and, and who they are is beautiful. And like you were saying, we live in the, the year 2023. Get over it, kids. And that is the most powerful thing here. I, I agree. Without even getting close to, I'm this. It, it, it won't. It won't add anything. The fact that you're there to be on her team and support her and no matter what of who she is, mm -hmm. even when the other players and coaches, whoever are causing all this mm -hmm. ruckus, that's what's going to be really big for her. Mm -hmm. That's how you support. I think so. I fully, I think that's the most effective. I think that's great. So there you go. Okay. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> another one in dad's fix the shop if you keep shop. pointing at the sign the audio listeners can be really confused it's gonna sound like you just stop your sentence ah you're right that, that's not fair no sorry about you guys on uh <laughs> spotify <laughs> we're gonna finish the sentence i'm pointing to my dad's fix it shop sign yes number 
four. Four. Four, 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 four. Hi, Jerry, Justin, Morgan, and Holly. Yeah, we, we've, been, we've been down that road. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I've seen every episode of THT and FKS. On to the issue. I, 23 female, just had a heartfelt conversation with my mom, 45 female, and she's been in a bad place the past few years. Without getting into too many details, in 2015, overnight, all of her friends and my dad were gone. In 2018, her long-term boyfriend of 10 plus years passed away, cancer, he was 36, and then two weeks after that, her mom passed away. So she experienced a lot of people just out of her life and and loss. Mm -hmm. Now we're in 2023. My mom is remarried, but her husband is a truck driver, so she's home alone a lot. She doesn't have a job due to her health. She's been in and out of the hospital for the past few years and has been admitted for up to a month at a time. My brother and sister rarely visit her, and I'm the only person she sees every day. She's tried making new friends and this past weekend went on a girl's trip, but she felt excluded the entire time. They went to go eat without her and would group up in conversations facing away from her, literally physically excluding her. She says she wants to still be friendly with them, but wishes she had friends she could hang out with and count on. She has no friends. The few weekends her husband is home, he just wants to chill at home and watch movies. My question is, How can I help her get out of this rut? She's fun. She likes to party and go out and experience new things, but she has nobody to do it with. I suggested she pick up a hobby, but we live in a tiny town with nothing to do but go eat or go to Walmart. So even if she did pick a hobby, she would still need to find someone to do it with. I told her I would go walking with her every day when I'm out of work so we can get out of the house and chit chat or that we can plan a trip to the city and go find something fun to do. But I think she wants someone other than me. How can I aid my 45-year-old mom into making new friends that actually appreciate her? You know, you've done. she's done a lot of things that you would think that would encourage this mom to go do it, but she, her mom is so locked down. And we don't know, you know, if she going out, is there a place to go dancing in town? Is there bike riding? Is there things that will get her meant? I don't know. Is she exercising? I just think she's faced so much that it's just, you know, what? where's the motivation coming to, from to, you know, go out when there's no place to go out? There's no one to go out with. I would start by finding things I like to do. I mean, look, she's got to get out and get the endorphins going. Mental endorphins. And maybe that's just going out and riding a bicycle and have a ride around the neighborhood first and then come back and maybe she starts to paint in the backyard, starts appreciating things where when she feels good about herself, she'll be feel good about meeting other people. Right now, I don't even know if she feels good about herself. How can you meet people if you're not healthy, feeling good about yourself and what's going on? Yeah. You just get so beaten down over time, I, mean, I guess. I'll, you start meeting people and you're so depressive. But who knows, right? Who knows? Like she might go into any situation just like happy and tries to make we don't the most know, of it. But there's something going on. And I and I would certainly say I would start with getting her endorphins going. It's almost like chemistry. Well, going for walks is good. Walk bike riding. Yep. Walks and bike riding, I mean, certainly works. Does she have an animal, a dog? Not sure. I mean, 
walk the dog. I mean, just, but you got to do something that you get, get the motor going. It's back to the thing, get the motor going. Yeah. I mean, honestly, something popping in my head is why not move? What if you could get her and her husband to relocate? He can go anywhere. He's a truck he, driver. He can go anywhere. She seems like she could end up somewhere a lot more fun. If she's in an environment where there's access to group workout classes, mm-hmm. there's access to painting classes, right. there's access to people. Why doesn't she just ride the, ride the truck with him, become a truck driver? They can become a team. There's many answers. We, I mean, we would say, geez, the last thing somebody wants to do is become part of a team, but I've seen it. In yeah. all the factories that I've had, I would see teams, you know, truck driving teams, a husband and a wife coming in, they're traveling the country together. Could be, could be. Um, I just, for me, I think the thing that sounds like it's so ultra limiting, especially because she loves to go out and, and experience new things, is she's in a place where she really can't do that. This tiny town as far as it's described here, doesn't sound like you can go out and find a new, discover a new place. But you can go to a new place, which is a big town, and it can be smaller than the small town you were in. Yeah, but- A lot of it's back down to mental health. This woman has suffered all kinds of shit that's gone on in her life. Mm -hmm. People have been dying, dying, dying. And who knows what she's feeling and with with what's going to happen next to her. Plus she's- that all this shit is, has literally manifested itself to make her ill. At yeah. 45, she's in the hospital consistently. The, there's other shit going on here. Yeah, and we don't know the extent to what her health issues are. So um, so I know that if you're listening to this story, I hope that you process all this and start, you know, seeing that there are other opportunities. I'm just in, into, if if she is in a depression and she is locked in the house by herself, why does she get out with her husband? Maybe she can't because of her health. You don't know. I don't know. I, we do not know, but it, she's got to do something to get herself where she's not sitting on the couch inside of four walls all day long, basically. Well, and you can kind of, you're start through this, you can kind of start to see that the mom doesn't want to feel like, like obviously she probably enjoys the time with our writer, mm-hmm. but doesn't want to make our writer the focus of all of her stuff mm-hmm. and, 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 and have you know, put her child in that position to be her best friend. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. Look, this is a really difficult one. You know, I, I, I see that even, you know, with what Danette's gone through in, in the past months, losing her husband and her life going through the challenges, you know, it gets lonely. She's, yeah. she's got her issues boxed up against her. And she's trying to claw her way and find a way out of this mess and get her life back on a track. And this woman's probably doing the same thing, trying to get herself on the track, but you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. So I would encourage that with all I could do is I would encourage her to, to do something to get out on her own to go and she'll find, there'll be people out writing. I mean, the other night we were sitting in the house, it was 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night and we, in front of our house, no joke, there was like 3,000, 4,000 bicycles with with LEDs all over the light. Took over the street. I don't think that's the most common occurrence, though. But but there are groups that, that start small and you do something and you you find groups. Yeah. I'm not going to say that she's going to find a 3,000 foot you know group, but if she started riding or walking, she'll find someone that wants to walk, 
she'll see him walking. They, they you know, hey, where, where are you going? Can we walk together? Yeah. You start a friendship. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of going to the city too. Plan a trip to the city, find something fun to do, and who knows? That's a, it's another one of those. Who knows? You, you don't never know. know. Every there's opportunity that knocks on the door all the time. You just have to look look at the opportunity and recognize it. Yeah. And say, let's try something. Yeah. Last one, number five. All right, we're on five. I'm having a dilemma between choosing the traditional way to get married, engagement, and then marriage, or just skipping the engagement and getting married. Just for some background, I'm 25 with a 27-year-old man. We'll call him B. I have one child. She is five. She is not biologically B's kid. However, she calls him dad and has no idea who her bio dad is. Bio dad was slash is very toxic, has roughly four kids and has nothing to do with three of them. I tried to push him to be a dad to my daughter, but it was too much mentally and emotionally for me. So I stopped reaching out to him and I've never heard from him since. B and I plan to get married. He is currently just trying to save money to buy an engagement ring. We had our taxes professionally done and the guy said they just have to live in the same house for B to claim her as a dependent. So they suggested B claim my child because if I claimed her, I would get nothing back. Whereas if he claimed her, he was getting a few thousand dollars back, which was going to be spent on rings. But the IRS said unless we were married, he could not claim her. Apparently they changed the rule last year. We were really expecting to be engaged by the end of the summer. B and I want to get my daughter's bio dad off everything of hers and take away his rights to her as soon as possible. But we have to be married, of course, for that to happen. We are debating if we will wait it out and do everything traditionally or just go to the courthouse and get married with absolutely no rings. He says he will propose when he has enough money for a ring if we're already married by that point, but I'm struggling with the fact I may not have an engagement. I guess I always dreamed of an engagement slash wedding. I offered to purchase the rings. I can afford them by myself, but he said, no, he wants to do it. I know I can have a wedding later, but I can't have an engagement later. But I also know my daughter deserves the best and B is that. They both deserve for him to be on her birth certificate and be her dad legally. I also struggle with what I will tell my daughter when we go through the process of B adopting her the most she knows is that we all have different last names. She has no idea that her last name is her bio dad's name, but I know during this process, we'll have to explain to her what's going on. I guess I'm scared she'll start having abandonment issues or want to meet her bio dad afterward, whereas now she knows nothing else other than B is her dad. I'm sorry if this is all over the place. If you need any more information, I'm willing to give it. Please give me your opinion on whether it's smart just to get married, or if we should go the traditional route. I'm not telling my family if we do get married before engagement, they're very judgmental. Everything will be a big secret, except my best friend or husband will know, until the day my daughter's last name is changed. Additional info, B is okay with either outcome. It is really me who is struggling with it. I've had some experience in this. Yes. And I've had experience in a lot of different factors of all of this. Um, yes. Where's my experience? First of all, I've never been married. So I can't say that I've, I, my personal experience of the elopement versus uh, a wedding was my personally, it was my brother. 
Okay. So I can relate and I will tell that story. Uh, it's a good story and a great ending. Okay. Okay. Uh, when it comes to uh, raising children that are biologically not your own, trust me, I got three of them. My three kids all have the same mom, all have different biological fathers, but they're all my kids and we were one family. Yeah. We all look at each other as full brother and sister, even though there's biological fathers of difference. Um, the kids figure out their own parent. There's, I'm sure that you have gone through the, the knowledge of child support and the responsibility of the biological father for child support. And I don't think that's affected differently when someone adopts or, or whatever that is. I'm not quite sure how that all works. Yeah. It's out of my, it's out of my pay grade. So let's, let's take one thing at a time. Okay. First thing, uh, my brother was dating somebody, the order of child marriage and everything was all ass backwards. The end of the day, the mother, uh, his baby mama, because they were not a couple the night they were a couple before they were dating. They weren't a couple at the time that they actually conceived. They just were two people that loved one another, but were having stresses in their relationship due to, due to family, a lot of it. Okay. And um, whatever it was, they chose to have the child as independent parents. They never, once that child showed up, uh, they were never apart again. <laughs> and a couple of years later, I uh, broke up with a girlfriend. I was sobbing over the fact of the loss of a woman that I was actually engaged to. And I called my brother and he said, uh, to get over what you're going through, get on a plane, go skiing with your friends and go disappear for two weeks or a month and maybe you'll get over it. And I said, what are you going to do? And he says, well, I'm, I'm on my way out. I'm getting married today. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, uh, Mickey and I are, or no, we got married. <laughs> we got married today. <laughs> and I said, who was your best man? And he goes, our son, our, our one-year-old or two-year-old son. So things are different, you know, are great. Or crazy. Uh, yeah. Twenty year, fifteen years later, I think it was, or something like that. My mother threw them a wedding, a huge wedding, and so they did get their wedding, yeah. and it was beautiful, and all their friends were there, and it didn't matter if they eloped or not. I think that you know, uh, weddings are great. I think they're overrated, but that's something that people have put into their minds especially young women all their lives is the day they get to wear their white dress and their father's going to walk them down the aisle. Yeah, It's important to them. So to say that it's not important to you, I think I would be totally an asshole to say that and very ignorant. It is important to you, mm -hmm. but the timing may not be there for right now. So is it important to do it uh, today versus tomorrow? No, but you can certainly elope today and get through your legal battles and do what you need to do. And look, you guys, you're not getting married because that, that you're forced to because of, of, of getting a tax deduction. You're getting married because you love, you love one another. Right. And you're going to have a life with this person because you've chosen that he is your person. And the rest of it means nothing. Rings, nothing. They're, they're pieces of metal. It's the, it, it's the symbolicness of what's in your hearts. You guys know what's in your heart. You put Band-Aids on your fingers or make something stupid yourselves. But, you know, whatever it is, 
it's the meaning of what you guys are doing together that you've chose to go down this life life path. Yeah. And share it and grow and do the experience of of raising this beautiful child together and and putting her in a better position. Yeah. And she's got a dad that really wants to be her dad. Look, when when Morgan's mom and I, you know, we're trying to toss, are we going to stay together after what we went through? And we, you know, waited a year and we got back together and, and Morgan started, you know, turned one, one and a half and Morgan starts calling me daddy. And I, I was tickled pink because I was there the day she was born. I when, when we were living together and Morgan's diapers were wet, I was the first one to get up to go change her at night. I mean, that was my, that was my kid. And I, and I loved her from the moment I first saw her. Yeah. And the, I lost my path. Shit, I hate when I do this. Oh, I know where I was. So she said, if Morgan's, look, I don't know what's going to happen with our relationship, but if Morgan's going to call you dad, are you going to be her dad if we don't work out? And I said, my promise to Morgan, it's not to you. I will be her dad as long as she wants me as her dad. This yeah. is a this is a volunteer thing on her. Me, I'm making the commitment. I am her dad. I will be her dad as long as she wants it. Yeah. Without any question. And it's always been that way. It has never been about signing a piece of paper. It has never been anything more than the fact that I am her dad and she is my daughter. And that, look, it's not always pretty. I can get pissed and she can get pissed with me. Yeah. But we are tied at the hip because of, of, of our experience. And that is what's happening with your daughter and this man. And he makes that commitment. And, and it's amazing that her biological father is such a piece of shit that he can't even realize what he's got. True. And, and trust me, I know other people in my children's life that their fathers are similar. They don't get it. Yeah. And that's why men like us were able to come along and, and have the special gift of these children in our life because the universe kind of just fixes itself and allows it to happen. Yeah. So I, I think you, you met a wonderful guy and I wish you guys all the happiness and help go down to the, go down to the local courthouse or wherever you need to go, sign those documents, go see the judge get, or the justice of peace get sworn in and yeah. do it. By the way, I am a justice of the peace and I, and, and, and it's very funny. One of my ex-girlfriends and her current husband, I married them. I love them so much. And yes, we didn't work out as a relationship, but we work out as a friendship and we're all friends. Yeah. So there you go. I think the thing sticking out to me is you have this idea in your head of what you've, you, the idea has always been in your head of how this is going to go with mm -hmm. engagement and then the festivities with that and then the big marriage. And then it's all, you know, kind of the, what you've grown up seeing your whole life. I don't think when you look back, if you made this decision to not go the traditional route, not do what you ex expected, I don't think you'll look back with much regret when you realize the how much better the position you put your child and your family in because of you know, yes, you have to let go of this dream you always had. But life is adversity. Exactly. It but doesn't always work out this way, but it gets there eventually. Well, and if it, 
if it does all these things from your right in with, you know, with respect to the bio dad, with respect to your soon to be husband and your daughter, be. if it's going to create this beautiful, like forever, mm-hmm. then you're going to look back and think, yeah, it wasn't my first choice, but I am so glad of where we are. And the rings will come. Mm-hmm. The marriage will come. Absolutely. You'll you'll have it all. It's not the traditional, you know, you might not be like everybody else, but it sure is a hell of a story. You, you and, got the best thing, you got the best ingredient of all of it. Well, and you can never regret your whole the whole purpose of this is to put your child in the best position. And I got a better one for you. That's the second best thing. Okay. The first best thing is you're doing it with someone that you really do love. Yeah. Because it's great to put somebody in a position where they're with somebody that will take care of you. But if you don't love them, it's not the best position because you're not, you're not bringing the best thing to that, to that daughter's world that you are bringing when you are doing it with a man that you really love and that you care for and you respect and you guys are doing it. It's the, everything else is materialistic. Yeah. It, they're things. Things are not important. Things come, things go, things get lost, things get stolen, things break, things are things. Yeah. I hate things. <laughs> to me, it's all bullshit. I'm, yeah. And I'm, I'm very serious. I know. No things. They don't mean anything. They're things. What is everything is this and the love that you are going to give that child and that you have for one another. And that is power. And that is what makes us survive in this world together. Yeah. And that's what's important. And you got it. And lady, I'm telling you, pull the trigger, go do it. Don't worry about all the other shit. It's going to come. Yeah. You'll still have a beautiful engagement. You'll You'll still have have a beautiful wedding. You'll have it all. Yeah. Go go knock this one out of the park and hell I would I'm all for this one. Yeah. Me too. Where's she where is she from? Uh, I Doesn't don't know. tell. Well, too bad because I might have gone to that one. I would have pulled out that license, that justice of the peace. <laughs> That's a good story. I, I and I really do want to hear from you. So certainly write us back and let us know how it went with you. And uh send pictures because I would love to see them. Yeah. All right. I want to see the smiles on all three of you. Bravo. Really. Love to you. Yeah. So that's it. That's number five. Good intentions. Good intentions. And on that one, I'm going to say uh, thank you for joining the show. We have a Patreon. Come join us on Patreon. Make sure that you uh, recognize that we do. We uh, Taylor, what's your name? Justin. <laughs> All my sons, my three sons. Yeah, that's true. It's like a show, another show, my three sons. Shall I read the first sentence of the- Not yet, um, not yet, not yet, but you will. Okay. You will. Um, Just to let you know and make sure that you sign into a group session because I think that they're great. And if you especially are going to have a story that you feel that you need some response or we are going to need to ask some response and questions- Join us on group session. I think that will be fantastic to, to get more stories like that. And um, on that note, don't forget to press that subscribe button. We're yes. doing well. We are growing. But let's see if we can take another jump. And that would be great. And if you have any suggestions for us, don't hesitate. Certainly uh, bring that to mind. We are going to have our 100th show coming up in about another 15 shows. 
So we would definitely want you to, uh, if you have any ideas, that's something we special we should do for a hundredth. Let us know. It's coming up. My ears are always open to you guys. We're family and uh, that's most important. Thanks so much. Have a great week and we'll see you next week.